So this is take three. <laughs> I fucking can't do this. I for, we I forgot how to do this. I have no idea what I'm doing. This All is I know literally the third time we pressed me. record. Mm-hmm. We started talking, then there was Ugh. echo, and then we had to stop, and then we started recording again, and then it wasn't recording Liz, which I think is totally fair because, like, it's pride, so we should discriminate against yeah. the yeah, heteros. Yeah, um, these straighties out here, we don't need them. And then now we're back after figuring it out. We're back. So I do want to get back to what we were discussing, which is sports versus games and like, what's the difference? I do think it's like the X factor of it all finesse. You know what I mean? Like I can play a game of soccer, but I cannot play the sport of soccer. Do you know what I'm saying? I don't know. Okay. So I, so for context in one of the failed attempts for us to record, I was looking through (laughs) Instagram, um, and there was an advertisement for equipment uh, that gamers can use. And so then I was like, is gaming a sport? And that, and then, like, we've been talking about, like, what a sport. Because, like, people pose that question to golf, too. It's like, is golf a sport? And, like, obviously Liz and I are like, yes, it is a sport. It's not and just it's, a sport. It's the sport, It is the sport. But it's like, it's super interesting because it's like, when I look at gaming, like, I'm like, no, that's Mm -hmm. not a sport. But then when I like think about gaming, Mm -hmm. I'm just like, wait, isn't sport just playing something in a competition? Like, isn't... I think it's down to its barest of bones. Yes. I think that, um, wait, side note, I do have a very funny story about myself and an e-athlete or whatever the fuck they call themselves. Like, you know how- We are so sorry to all folks who are gaming athletes. We, we are not intending this to be shading you. It's just, you know, like trying to comprehend. Sound- and also yeah. like gaming is misogynistic. Famously, Gamergate. Remember Gamergate when, like, all of these... Oh, Liz. I don't know. Tell your story and I'll come back with some information on Gamergate. Okay, so my relationship to gaming, um, I do play quite a bit of video games throughout my week, and I love it. I'm a girl... I'm currently playing a lot of... I'm currently only playing Skyrim right now, and it's great. I I have a Switch. I love a good Mario game. I love a good Lego game. I love a good open world, you know, concept. Anyway, so my, my experience with, uh, this was back when I was living in Columbus and Columbus is interesting because it has like these huge events, the Arnold classic, the Mm -hmm. fucking, so they had this fucking like Super Bowl for gamers, like the e-game bullshit, but like the crazy thing. So it's like, teams compete and then they move through the matches and then the last two teams play each other they'll do this for like call of duty league of legends um there might be another one uh i can't remember they they do it for like these big games so it's like we're on a team and our team only plays call of duty we're on the whatever jackrabbit whatever team we want and then we play other teams and move up match play style so anyway this was back when I had Tinder. This was Tinder. And showing my, show, showing my age here, like I'm 30. So um, I, I swiped on this dude who was like, hindsight, you know, they're never cute. You know what I mean? Like yeah. literally never cute. Famously, Anyways. men, never cute. Never cute. <laughs> you heard it here first. Never. Never cute. Did you guys miss us? Because like I missed us. Anyway. So we, I, he's, we match and he instantly is like, Hey, what are you doing tonight? I'm in town for this weekend only. I'm like, "Mm, perfect. I could just leave you at the end of the week. We have our little tete-a-tete as they say. Mm. And then I just leave. So we're talking he's like, what do you do? And I was like, Oh, I 
play golf. And he was like, Oh, sick. I'm an athlete too. And I was like, Oh, cool. I mean, he was like tall. Like he, he had an athletic physique, dare I say. And so, um, I was like, Oh, cool. Like, what do you do? And he's like, Oh, I, I game. I'm on a, I'm on a team. Like I'm on an e-sport team. And I was like, okay. Like I didn't have this context. I didn't know about this convention bullshit. Anyway. So we talk, we smooch at the end of the night. That was really it. No, was it a good smooch? Yeah, it was cute. It was cute. It was like a nice makeout session. And then I was like, I gotta go. Bye. Never gonna see you again. This isn't it. As long as it was good and not bad. It was, yeah, it was fine. Maya, I find out that this guy, his name was like Mud Dog or Mud something. He was like the captain of his team that's owned by Drake. Like what I, what I'm saying is that I later found out that this guy is worth a lot of money and his team is very valuable. They're like the best gamers in Call of Duty in the country. And I was like, oh, so shout out to Mud Dog or whatever the fuck your name was. We had a cute makeout session one time in Columbus, like five years ago. Um, if not, yeah, that's my story. So interesting i'm glad that he kissed well um i have so many questions like kissed fun well i have even more questions why are we putting so much money into gaming and not women's sports oh my god well what i was gonna another reason why i have like a little bit of beef against uh gaming or i'm like kind of i don't know i have to be proven wrong if that makes sense um sure so gamergate uh happened or started in 2014 and i'm reading this off of the wikipedia uh, page uh gamergate was a misogynistic online harassment campaign and a right-wing backlash against oh feminism God. and progressivism in video game what? culture conducted on, using I'm the shocked. hashtag gamergate Beginning in August 2014, Gamergate targeted women in the video game industry, most notably feminist media uh, critic Anita Sarkeesian and game developers Zoe Quinn and Brianna Wu, among others. The harassment campaign included doxing, threats of sexual assault, and death threats. So, yeah. It's always so predictable. If men are involved, if men are the overwhelming majority of something, it's always it always comes to this. It Wait, always turns into Liz, very incelly. I'm so straight, Maya. I don't even talk to women, Liz. But we should stop being so angry. We got feedback Seriously. to not be angry Seriously. and to not men? say men. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm you know, trying. Like, I'm fucking trying my best. If I could just stop. You better believe I fucking would, but it, did you, wait, you saw the new uh, Doctor Strange, right? Yeah. Yeah, we saw it. Wanda was in it, we saw it. Yeah, obviously. (laughs) If Wanda's involved, we watch. It's, I feel like when I, when I can't, the last like three weeks of my life, I felt like the, what's his, the Black Bolt, Big Bolt, that character? Remember when she makes his mouth disappear and he explodes himself? That's Yeah, wow, spoilers. Oh, fucking, it's been out for like a month. If you haven't seen it now, <laughs> come on. You know? Anyway. I do think that it is really interesting. It makes me think of like Joe rogan Like, it's this incel. People that are really big fans. People that are really big fans of Elon Musk. It's the same. It's always the same thing. Overwhelming majority of men that then will bring forth like the most vile disgusting things that they could possibly say and they speak somewhat anonymously so they have like a screen name or like a username or a gamer name and then they just spout off the most like asinine things yeah all for the sake of what like it just becomes a person's personality trait and why the word gate why is gate like such a like watergate association Water <laughs> January 6th gate, which 
this is going to come out not this week, but tonight. Tune in for part three of the January 6th hearings in which we see even more evidence Mm. of how Donald Trump is a motherfucking cunt who tried to overthrow (laughs) democracy. Um, And for folks who still... Then we'll still have people... Mm. For folks who still are apologizing and or are saying that it was just a dust up like a certain football coach uh, did and who was subsequently fined for it. Why? Mm. Why are you defending this? Why? Take a good hard, hard look at yourselves because it's all it all stems from kind of like the same thing. Right. Like if you look like, yes, Gamergate is like a real. It is undoubtedly a really horrible thing, and one could say it is closer to one end of the spectrum, but like a lot of mm-hmm. that same mentality or kind of like protection of what power dudes have in a certain space, like you still see some of that in golf. Like, it's, I don't want us to get into the fucking live thing all over again, but like you see it yeah, a lot I, with like how how that commentary is going and so it's just kind of like yeah I don't know when you and I hear dudes coming up to us kind of being like be more positive or like you know don't rag on guys so much it's it's like to what end like why you know like why 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 you know like and a lot of you know I've I've realized I really feel like between our I think that from my experience in golf I feel like I could write like a dissertation on the psychology of men because like one of the things that I've noticed is that when you're in these situations where like you get a really aggressive man that's talking about let's say the LIV stuff which again we've said it before it's always men literally always men so like if you if if you have the mental stamina one day to click on golf digest and a post about LIV stuff click on the comments and you'll notice that every so many of the you know criticisms that you'll see is like what's the big deal he you know uh money it's always money he was offered but what would you do if you were offered a million and a half dollars or whatever to go play but the issue with a lot of these discussions is that it it's such a like finite and final, like the way that the question or the argument is posed to you is really finite and like done. Conversation is done. So like yeah. when you see these fucking dumbass gamer boys, these dumbass dudes that are fans of LIV golf, these dumbass dudes that are fans of Donald Trump, Elon Musk, all these pieces of shit. It's always like they look to these things as their leading personality types what to say it's always regurgitation of somebody else a prime example of this is the clip of when the reporter was asking lee westwood where he would not play golf did you see this so when so for for those of y'all if you haven't caught this this is the most gorgeous study of men like it's just so a uh reporter who was, this was prior to the start of the LIV event, but it was in the days leading up to it. So they were all in London preparing for this tournament. It was after a practice run day. A reporter asked Lee Westwood, where would you not play golf? Lee Westwood doesn't answer. So then the report, he like literally doesn't respond. He's sitting there in front of a microphone, not saying a word. The reporter then goes on to say, would you play golf in Russia? Would you play golf for Vladimir Putin if he hosted a golf tournament? Lee Westwood does not say a word. Ian Poulter from like, three seats down was it not part of the conversation yeah he was at like the other end of the table it was ian Poulter. okay ian Poulter then goes chimes in and then says i'm not going to speak in hypotheticals i don't speak you know he's like you're asking us to answer a question hypothetically then the reporter back to lee westwood says, would you, where would you not play? He gets back to the original question. Ian Polt, or Lee Westwood then says, I don't answer hypothetical questions. <laughs> it's That's so stupid. It's just like when you sent- see any criticism. Yeah. It's always the same. It's always the same answer. It's always the same discussion. It's always the same. Because they just, men will absorb this personality trait instead of what? Going to therapy. Well, it's also... <laughs> 
But I think like in addition, like it's hard because like obviously all of this is perpetuated by the group of people that have most power in a space. And so for Mm -hmm. golf and sports and also society in general, it is going to be cisgender, heterosexual, white dudes. And then just in general, it tends to be cisgender, heterosexual men. Um, And Mm -hmm. I think that like in golf, like, the way that that morphs for me um, is it kind of like just reifies this misogynistic structure within sports, right? And yeah. like, yeah. I don't know, like, I feel Sub like we could go down gaming. like a Sub whole out sports for any, literally any thing, any subject. But it's like dentistry. It's hard because I, I mean, like, I don't think we need to go all the way down this wormhole, but. It just makes me think a lot about how it tends to be specifically men, cishet white Mm -hmm. men, that freak Mm -hmm. the fuck out when any Mm -hmm. person kind of, like, brings in accountability, right? Like, it's Mm -hmm. absolutely okay to be wrong. And, like, what – and that's not being, like – brought into a conversation that's holding you accountable for something that you said isn't canceling you right like that's not and I think that's become morphed into I'm being canceled like I recently spoke to a person who had you know like put on their Instagram story something really misogynistic and not okay in response to the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial And I would say to like all of our listeners, there is a lot of really, really great reporting on the effect that that case and the conversations around it um, has already had and will have on um, sexual assault survivors of any gender. Um, Yeah. So and this this is also not the first time she's taken his ass to court, too, by the way. I think that's also a really important thing to remember for the specific case. But anyway, yes. Yeah. um, So I'm so I'm not going to I'm there. Like I said, there are are a lot of articles and, and reporting by women, which I think is really, really important for people to read. Um, mm-hmm. because again, sexual violence is disproportionately experienced by, uh, women and folks who do not identify as cisgender heterosexual men. Yes. Um, yes. so this person is posting some like really not okay things saying that it's both of their faults. And that so is, I was, ooh, it's not that like sends that brings bile from my liver to my, yeah. it like, it's, it's basically incredible. saying that like a person who has survived, who is a victim of sexual violence, uh, can Partially only be fault. believed if they're the perfect victim. And so if there's no protection or, you know, like effort to protect, then it's their fault. Anyways have this conversation with this dude where I'm like, no, you're wrong. This is really harmful. And like, this isn't okay. Um, and I'm shaking as I'm typing this. Yeah. And I don't know. <laughs> I didn't say that this person responded no. to me with that. I sent like mm-hmm. a ton of articles. I was like, this is mm-hmm. why this is harmful. And this is why you yeah. shouldn't be perpetuating these things. Like it's, it's not okay. And when women or, you know, folks who are victims of sexual assault read this, then like, I know how it's making me feel and I'm not a a survivor of sexual assault. And Mm -hmm. when I read it, I'm like, okay, I see how you would interact with me. Should, you know, like if you were, if if I I am, yeah. Or in the future. And so this person like freaks the fuck out. And for me sending articles, I mean like, this is not okay. Like, you know, I, Mm -hmm. I, tried to do so in as measured of a way as possible I was told that I am being intentionally abusive and gaslighting this person Mm -hmm. and surprising to no one this person is a cisgender white dude Mm -hmm. um and always and it's like it's that's the thing like I was trying to I was like hey these are the reasons look at all of this stuff like this is really important we need to have these conversations because of the deluge of information or like 
attacks against sexual assault uh, victims that's happening. And this needs to, you know, like, this isn't okay. Um, And that has, that's being interpreted as cancellation. And that's not at all, like, it didn't have to be, like, individual attacks on each other. But, like, okay. emotional. Stop! I should stop being. I should stop sending somebody articles about a certain thing because it's actually Mm -hmm. gaslighting. Fun fact. Yeah, and I think what this also makes. Oh wait! By the way, everybody, welcome to the Loose Impediments podcast. My name is Liz. My name is, and I'm Maya. We have thoughts. (laughs) We haven't. uh, We we are thoughts with thoughts. We haven't. we really apologize. Well, actually, no. I don't apologize for us taking some time off. We took some time off. We have both, um, you know, had some shit. And so thank you guys. We had a lot of people asking, like, hey, when's the next episode? So I, we really appreciate you guys being interested in our thoughts, our opinions, and voices and perspectives. I think it's, again, like you were just saying, Maya, it's really important to hear from women. That's the intro. Okay, let's get back That's- to it. So back to some venting about everything. Well, there's a lot that I want to discuss that kind of falls under this topic of catching up and just kind of reacting or not reacting, but like the way that we're, um, again, like things like misogyny always come to the, we are reminded about misogyny every single moment of every single day, especially in the golf world. especially in the golf world. So this kind of like what Tamaya, what you were just saying about, you know, this whole like misogynistic response of victim shaming, blaming, there's no perfect victim. I think the really important thing to remember is that truth is we're now in a world where like truth references, articles, peer reviewed journals are getting, um, People are actively choosing to not pay attention to that kind of stuff. It's just like, you know, again, this whole, it's very Trump-ish, Elon Musk-ish, LIV Gulf-ish to discredit media sources where their job is to report the truth. So another example of this is the villainizing of journalists, the villainizing of of victims, the villainizing of... um, uh, literal truth and course case uh, course cases court cases and court um rulings so another example more specifically would be alan shipnock so alan was appeared he was at the liv golf tournament trying to do his job alan this person this journalist also happened to be the guy that um took phil's comments that were not off the record they were not off of the record There was no disclaimer of Phil fully knew that he was being recorded. So don't be like, oh, he took his off the record comments. And guess what, baby? If you're saying shitty things, nothing is off the record, dumbass. Anyway, so he, Alan Shipnuck was the one that first reported that Phil, um, the horrendous comments that Phil Mickelson made months ago. We have an episode about it. You should listen to it if you haven't already. So Alan was barred from attending a press conference. Wait, really? Yes. There is this vile, like blood boiling video of somebody is recording. Alan is being spoken to by security. And Alan is just trying, he has his credentials. He's like, I want to attend. It was Phil's press conference. He wanted to attend the players press conferences. Phil was going to be there. So Alan is like talking to security that's facing in front of him here. And he's like, I just, I'm trying to do my job. This is my job. I want to go in there. Security is saying, no, you have to leave. Behind him, guess who is standing behind him? Literally lurking, arms crossed, staring at the back of his head. Who? Greg Norman. So they're like, it's the most like... It's intimidation. It's, it's, it's intimidation. It's, it's, it's deception. Like it is all, the whole thing is very heavy propaganda, very distorted reality. And then people are just actively choosing not to believe that or not to value what 
his job is. Alan Shipnock is one of the oldest working journal. He's one of the most well-respected golf journalists in the, in the last, I mean, definitely within our lifetimes. He's not, I'm, he's not like a 90 year old man. He's, you know, he has a long life to go in this whole world, but he's been the most reliable golf journalist for years. And now he's got this weird peacocking intimidation, awful villainization that he now has to fight just so he could do his job. It's just well, like with Amber Heard and Johnny Depp people are, well, it's not just like it, but it, it's choosing to believe what, it, it, disregarding the truth, disregarding reality, choosing this distortion and going with it. Well, you know, I mean, like, I think that it also, I mean, I think that it, it, to me, it makes sense where that gut reaction comes from, where kind of like, if you are consistently hearing that you have done something either wrong or something that may have been hurtful to a person or a certain group of people, like your gut, I mean, anyone's gut reaction is to be defensive, right? And then I also, I get it if your mm -hmm. kind of like reaction yeah. is to kind of be like, no, but like, kind of like turn it around and victimize yourself like I get that and those right. are like valid understandable kind of like gut reactions and when you let that when a person lets that take over and become the driving factor and kind of it morphs into this um oppression Olympics thing it yeah. becomes yeah. oppression Olympics and for me, like when I look nice at this phrase, dude, <laughs> oppression Smart. Olympics, Smart. Um, no, but like when I look at these conversations about the LIV shit, about the PGA mm -hmm. tour and how all of this is really rooted in players feeling like they're being taken advantage by the tour, like bewilderingly, I think it, one of the players was like, it might've been Phil was just like, yeah, I worked hard to get onto the PGA Tour, and so it's my choice. And I'm like, dude, like motherfucker. If you position, if you look at it as a whole, like the problem here, like you are not being victimized. And why is this conversation so heavily focused on? Let's make sure that the already millionaires, top of the money list players, are getting are somehow money. Are right. getting it's like when you, the players at the bottom of the list, and not even just those players, right? Like the f entirety of women's golf, right? You, if mm -hmm. any, if folks haven't looked at like the payout from the LIV tournament, it's fucking insane. You, the 40th Charles place player over four and a half million dollars, but even the last place player, go ahead. Sorry, yeah, the last place player got what like a hundred thousand. The last place finisher was guaranteed $120,000. Which is and the thing insane. That's really, like, it is so insane. It's And the thing that's also really hilarious to me is that, um, so again, prime example of distorting reality to work for your, for a, a narrative. So what's, you know, what's really jarring to me is that somehow the, some of the greatest players to have played the game in this modern era are feel like they have a chip on their shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like for I, 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 Phil and Dustin Johnson and Sergio Garcia are the three highest ranked players that chose to, or the, I shouldn't say the highest ranked, the most, um, what's the word recognizable players to go a lot of these players are um, the overwhelming majority of the players that play in the LIV tour are not even ranked in the top 100, not even close. Some of them are unranked, like not even in the top thousand players in the world. So the overwhelming majority of the players that choose to play in these golf tournaments are bad at golf. Wow. <laughs> like, drag them <laughs> bad at golf. And so, well, I shouldn't say bad. I should say they haven't made a lot of money. So which is still can, more money than... That, which is still... Well... It's still it, more it, money. It, it, way more money than than what any woman um, 
you know, Danielle Kang talked about this a few weeks ago, but she said, you know, if I don't win more than $6,000 in a golf tournament, I'm losing money. And $6,000 on the LPGA tour, that's making a cut and not shooting under par. That's finishing basically outside of the top 40, which like you could shoot four rounds of 78 at the LIV event and you're making $120,000. So I think, you know, this is such a primary, uh, such a prime example of distorting the conversation. And, you know, again, so like the overwhelming majority of these players that are playing in this golf tournament are either not very highly ranked or past their prime. Lee Westwood, mm, lest we forget, you have shit the bed so many times as a professional golfer. You shit the bed last year at the fucking players. So like, of course, you're going to be like, well, I'm just going to take this big old fat check. Look, I think that, you know, we can still give so many examples. And it's like falling on deaf ears. And you know what? Mm -hmm. I will keep screaming. We will keep screaming about this bullshit. It's Um, like with the narrative changing, I mean, like what you're saying, right? Like it's not necessarily like a rejection of like, I I think it's all really trying to paint the sports washing narrative where like, let's focus on the injustice that like the perceived injustice of these players. And yes, there Mm -hmm. is some truth to that. Like there, there are conversations to be had about media rights. And I think that for any athlete is a really important thing to talk about. And right. Like when you're looking at golf, any golf outlet right now, and including us, like we're falling victim to this too. Right. Everybody is just talking about the LIV tournament and like what that means for golf. And for me, this is the first time in a really long time I've seen kind of like conversations about golf, like on my timeline on Twitter. Right. Like, and I basically Mm -hmm. don't follow any golf person on Twitter. Um, And so like, at base, like I get excited about that, but then I look at it and I'm like, what the fuck? Right. Like there are so many other stories in golf and so many important things that we need to be talking about in order to Mm -hmm. actually grow the game and make it into something that we all want. And it's not, it's not focusing on the controversy of LIV. It's not focusing on whether or not these very wealthy people are going to play for even more money um, and, you know, like abandon their morals because like you and I have talked about this, like my fiance and I are in the process of having a baby Mm, and mm, famously mm. for queer couples, it is truly like so cost prohibitive to like go through IUI to get fertility treatments. The majority Mm -hmm. of, um, you know, like what's it called? The majority of, uh, insurance companies, insurance companies don't, um, don't cover fertility treatments for, uh, queer couples. Um, it's, it's, I guess it's the, yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Continue. Sorry. Well, no. So we're having this kid, um, and I'm looking at the golf world. <laughs> what? We're having this fucking kid. Over we're having here. this kid. No, but I, it's <laughs> it's just hard because like I look at all of these things that are happening, um, and like media rights are. I completely forgot what I was saying. Um, like it, so, this idea of golf is changing, but it's really not. <laughs> Yeah. No, it's not. And I mean, like, when you look at things, like, we just played in the Mari Invitational, which was awesome. Like, we had a lot of fun. Um, Mm -hmm. Like, all of the guys there are super sweet. Shout out to Jared, because I think you're my big brother now. So, like, you're my big brother. I love you. Um, But, like, at the same time, and I know that Mari is trying to do, you know, like, they were really working to bring more women to the event. And, like, I know that we're all trying to do that as well for the Mari 5. And, like, this is not a criticism at all, right? Like, and it also kind of, like, it's an interesting thing to look at where we're changing the game in ways that are bringing, you know, like, different looking people into the game but by and intentionally which is the whole you have to do that 
but by and large, it still sometimes tends to be mostly men. And so it's like, how do we, how do we change that? And I think we change that when we're not solely talking about stories that are about guys and golf, right? Like again, we have last week, um, we had the shop, right? Right. And like you were posting for the many stories, about yeah, this. so we'll we'll we're gonna finish this like vent sesh on LIV and how like the media circus is so dominated by these wealthy people getting more wealthy and mm-hmm. but anyways the whole thing about me bringing up our fertility Connor have fun cutting this stream of consciousness <laughs> just let it play baby no but it's like it, it's really fucking cost prohibitive for queer couples to have a kid right to go through fertility treatments and so. If some company were to offer me a million dollars, like I would be like, this would f- help so much. And so, as I know it would for so many other people as well. But if it's coming from, like, for me personally, I'm not going to take money from like Putin the NRA or, yeah, the <laughs> NRA. Like, I'm not going to fucking take money from the M- NRA or like any yeah. shit like that. And, yeah. It's hard to see these conversations return. Like you were talking about that interview with Westwood and Poulter, where they're like, we're mm-hmm. not going to answer this question. And it's like morality does have a really big part to play in all of this. Yeah. And like, yeah, when you're it's not kind well. of when you're when you're being like, nope, that's not the point. That's not the point. Then like that mm-hmm. sends a really shitty message to mm-hmm. the rest of us. But there are more important stories and more exciting stories that are happening in golf right now, um, specifically in women's golf, because, and you're going to get into the shop, right? But I did want to yeah. shout out um, in uh, what it was like one of the first mixed events that was played in Europe was mm-hmm. won by a woman, um, mm-hmm. which is she did. She, she won by nine strokes and I want to get ahead of this now because I want to hear one stupid fucker say, oh, well, that's because she's probably playing a really short T-dick. One, she was playing 14% shorter of a golf course than what her male constituent, her male players were. So on average, science, science, on average, women on the LPGA tour hit it 15% shorter than men do on the PGA tour. So she is within, she's actually playing a golf course that's 1% longer for her gender. Anyway, Lynn Grant is her name. She went by nine. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, the online therapy platform that the three of us use. I use it religiously and it's led to a great relationship with a therapist that I have from anywhere in the country. We love it because you can pick and choose someone just like dating, but even better since this is such a a very personal time commitment and position that you're putting yourself in. And you can take 10% off your first month of therapy using our link. And if you use code GGT at checkout, that will activate that 10% off your first month, courtesy of Group Golf Therapy and BetterHelp. Go to betterhelp.com slash GGT for 10% off your first month of service. Hit them straight, mind your golf, and stay tuned for our better help moment of clarity later in this episode. Yeah, so a subset of the European tour, and it, it it's both men and women competing in the tournament. And she won. The same the field. same field. The same it's field not, she it's won. Not separate gender. Yeah, and they, there's yeah. not like separate kind of like um leagues or whatever. Like it isn't just the right. men competing against each other. The it's like everybody together and she like you were yeah. saying she won. And she the fucking fact- smoked. She didn't she fucking she was waving it. Lee uh not Lee was Henrik Stenson. She was fucking smoked his fucking ass. And so why aren't we hearing more about this? Because like this I- entire fucking cycle has been all about the liv and i like mm-hmm. truly don't fucking care like i, love I mean the, what rory was saying uh, <laughs> it's like my dad once said if you make your bed you lie in it and i'm like yes my dang. fucking i want rory's i just like 
I can't believe it's always shouting at our boys, but the GGT boys um, got to work with Rory um, at the Wells Fargo where he's, he was defending. He didn't, you know, he didn't repeat. This was like two or three weeks ago. So shout out to the boys for getting to touch Rory McIlroy, which like, I'm still waiting for like to get a text from Rory. Cause I would, I told those boys to give him our numbers. So I'm waiting for that text. Anyway. Yeah. I mean, Rory has been, really upfront and really outspoken about this. I also want to plug too that the winner of the U.S. Open took home Minji Lee. She won the U.S. Open, which was at Pine Needles. Uh, she won over a million dollars. She won $1.8 million. Oh. That's the first time in a major that a woman has, in a in a woman's major, has taken over. Uh, she's won over a million dollars. That's the first time it's ever happened. Second place took biggest, home a million dollars. Is that the biggest purse like oh yeah, by far LPGA wide. Yeah, oh yeah, far and away. The total purse was ten million. Winner took home one point eight. Second place took home a mil, which is incredible. The only other time that players can get a million dollars on the LPGA is uh, the the uh, not tournament of champions, uh, tour championship. They can win a million dollar mm-hmm. bonus. The CME. So yeah, for sure. Why aren't we talking about this? And. I have to, one of the biggest things that I wanted to talk about with like LPGA and, you know, women, like my experience last week and how I feel now, obviously I'm a much different person and golfer, especially golfer than I was when I played full time. And I was definitely reminded of that, but I think what's, this may be too far of a stretch, but I'd be really, um, I think there's a conversation to be had about the connection between um, gendered events and the argument for trans inclusion in golf, you know, and I, I was thinking about that. I was talking to Jacob about this. So when Lynn won, I was like, Jacob, this, this chick just won this golf tournament by nine fucking golf shots. And we still don't have any, like any sort of mixed events. That's one of the only mixed events. And there's no like, trans inclusion in golf but like it's clearly has nothing to do with sex organs and so I think it's really um you know I think there's a discussion to be had there about that and so I was reminded of trans and queer player um exclusion at the shop right um so I played, so for some context here, I played in the Pro-Am series. That's what the LPGA event is called the ShopRite. It's in Atlantic City. It's great. It's the largest Pro-Am series on the LPGA. It's really great. You get to play two rounds. You play one of the Seaview courses. You play Galloway National. You're matched with a team, a sponsor. Usually it's a sponsor of the event. It's all great. Day one, I got matched with um, my team. They were really great whatever. The guys were nice. Um, my caddy was not, you know, he was a fucking piece of shit. So he's about, he was like probably 65, 70 years old. Um, keep in mind the reason that he is getting paid is because he's at an LPGA event. Keep that in mind. Two thirds of the way through the rounds, he first asked me, why are there so many Korean players on tour? Which like, you know full and well why somebody is asking that. And it's not, um, it's because you're a racist. <laughs> like it yeah. is a racist, it's a racist perspective. And anyway, so first off, he's asking that question to us, to me, which we have Korean friends that play out there some so, of our best friends I'm are not koreans some of you know famously some of our best friends i know a korean it's like <laughs> what, oh what this uh, yeah, going I, through this guy's head what As, this guy is saying is i can't be a racist i know of one korean person and i don't even actually he has no idea a, if his one asian friend is actually korean let's be as real. a daughter but, of so, a father i can't be sexist that's why this month i am partnering with joe rogan for pride (laughs) (laughs) 
I have been saying that joke so much. The last it's so E-A-L. like mm. Oh wait, somebody some oh I can't remember who it was. Somebody DM'd me because he just did that that breaking series at the country club where they're playing the US Open. And somebody DM'd me the link and he was like, Why is he still like, doing breaking series after you did it? And I was like, Great question. And then he was like, Why isn't Lucent Tedemans doing a breaking series? And I was like, even better question. Anyway. So at the shop, right, this fucking vile human being asked me, why are there so many Korean players on tour? And I said, um, because they're really good golfers. And they like, what am, what am I supposed to say here? And I said, I said that I was like, you need to be careful because a lot of these are my peers and people that I have a lot of respect for. So tread lightly. And he was like, no, no, you know, I, uh, uh, their names. I just, uh, you know, it's like this immediate, again, it's always the same conversation. Their names are hard to pronounce. I don't, you know, like really just shitty racist things that I don't even, we're not going to repeat. But then like Haney, the Hank Haney. question that he asks me, like Hank Haney, that piece yeah. of shit. That's why I took your name and made it better. Um, so um, then the following question, he asks me how I feel about trans golfers. And I was like, again, I have friends that are trans that are like fighting for their actual lives. Who cares if they're good at golf when you're just trying to survive? And if you happen to be really good at golf, you have every, you should be given a just, you should be given a bigger platform and you should be given the right to play. Duh. Period. It's just, when I said that, yeah. Can I tell you it's, it's, incredible this man was like i completely agree i was like what i was like so you're a racist but you're like super pro trans and golf i'm like i don't know how to feel i'm in such a (laughs) what a what a roller coaster of emotions so later that night this was when i was i haven't had to have these discussions in a very long time because I am in a much safer community for myself and my friends. I'm not saying that I curated that. I'm saying that I'm I'm not around golfers anymore. I'm not around professional golfers anymore. Yeah. So, to be clear, that like well, as a side golfers, I as a say. side note, um, Liz had called me. I think right the night before your second round, um, and the two of us had this yeah. whole conversation where we were like you know, there's so many times where both of us are like, wait, like we miss playing competitively. Maybe we should go back out on tour. And then like, like you were saying, it's like, no, when you're back, when you were back in the, in that environment, it was just kind of like, oh fuck. Yeah. Like if you think about it, professional golf Mm -hmm. is a pretty, and any professional sport can get pretty toxic (laughs) because it is your livelihood and it is very intense. (laughs) But like, yeah, like I, I think in golf, well, and you're just when you have people like ugh. when you're in the midst of that golf culture, when you're hearing like in my case, when I heard tournament directors say that, you know, when there aren't really protections in place, like, you know, culturally, like there is perhaps in soccer, soccer isn't perfect, but you do see fans and teams getting sanctioned for uh, using harassing mm-hmm. chants or discriminatory things non-existent in golf as far as I yeah. can recall yeah yeah there's right not that no and so and I'm I'm I feel I'm really thankful that I am in where I am now and I'm with the people that I'm with and I don't have to face that and I just still can't believe that people are wasting their fucking time about talking about the LIV bullshit and this whole like stupid, like this discussion of like making fun of players like Bryson DeChambeau or making, which like they deserve every bit of that. But what I'm saying is like, there are so many more meaningful conversations that need to happen. So when you see some stupid fucking, again, apparel brands, here we go. When you see some stupid apparel brand being like, we're not your average golf company, we make t-shirts. It's like, no, I don't want to, we said this before a lot, but like, 
the new devil in golf is uh, is just a dude in a t-shirt. It's a person that's smoking a blunt. It's not a person that's actively seeking a queer trans community, a black community. Putting It's not actually increasing the diversity within golf. It's just like smoke and mirrors. In that kind of response to the lack of diversity in golf, um, like real authentic diversity um and you know like aesthetic diversity is important as well because it does do Mm -hmm. a lot to and you know like dismantle the crusty country club aesthetic but you know like there needs to be authentic representation and diversity bringing in people who Mm -hmm. you know still are looking at you know just a different type of dude playing golf right like just a different type of bro Mm -hmm. Um, but what I was going to say is, um, in, and I think like the, the sports treatment of, uh, athletes of color, particularly black athletes, um, is most striking can be the most striking, especially when you add Mm -hmm. in the intersectional identities of being a female black golfer. Right. Um, but all of that to say, sorry, long tangent. Um, I just wanted to encourage people to go to Brad's page um, because he does, ha- you know, with Juneteenth coming up on what, uh, Sunday? Uh, Sunday? Sunday. Sunday. Um, you know, like, and this episode will be out after that. But still, I-, I think that it's really important to go look at Black folks in golf and their experiences of mm-hmm. being black in golf, like what they want to see, just as it's important to listen Correct. to women, just as it's important to listen to queer right. folks, trans folks, right? Like, you know, listen to our stories. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, like, it, yeah. like you were saying, it's hard because like, I really want, like, there's so much whimsy that comes from these, this new aesthetic of golf, which I fucking mm-hmm. love. Right. Like, yeah, I'm always wearing these shirts. Like it's so much fun. Like, you know, seeing folks like you and like the boys over at Mari, like all tatted <laughs> up. is like, it's super fun. Like it makes you feel really like, like you belong aesthetically, mm-hmm. but at least for me, like it, it's hard when you, feel like the only one out yeah. there right like yeah you feel yeah. like you're the only uh, in my case the only queer woman of color and then it's just like oh god <laughs> like how do you how yeah. do you manage this yeah. yeah and I'm really glad that we're I'm really thankful that we don't have to be in those positions as often I mean when I say we our our experiences are much different and or our pasts are much different in golf and i i'm glad that we don't often have to be in those positions that we have to then play like good golf or at least try to play good golf and the last thing that i wanted to talk about well the last two things that i wanted to talk about the shop right is that um the sentiment of that uh, the idea that not every single person has the right to play professional golf is shared within the players as well, or at least with one particular player. Um, she. Oh my went... god! Can you play name names when we're off air? Okay, I'll name names. Um, so when we're off air, no. Oh, when we're off air. Oh my god! Not right now. No. No, <laughs> off I'm air. Kidding. I'm not. No, no, no. Off air. I'll name names. I'll it's Ivanka names. Trump. T. Kind of. Although she anyway. is kind of dragging him. Sorry. I know. <laughs> Being a little this bit. Is like, <laughs> having kids. This is like how our much. minds all, all the time. Do you know Brittany Bowski? I think is her name. It's the girl that, or Broski or something like that. She's the girl that dragged yes. kombucha. Yes. And she's yes. like, ooh, well, mm, ooh. that's us in golf all the time. Like, yeah. I love that. Oh, I hate that. Ooh, wait. No, I hate, uh. it's like all the time. So anyway, this particular girl she had asked me like, Oh, how was your pro-am group? And I told her this story about this fucking stupid ass caddy that was really racist. And then simultaneously like supportive of trans professional golfers. She, when I tell you this woman lost her mind, I literally am like this. 
I'm thinking to myself, girl, are you okay? She's like, this is, I don't, again, I don't really want to dis, I don't want to repeat the vile things that she was saying because that doesn't help anybody. And that's really triggering and traumatic. Um, it was, she was spouting some very vile, this, the same bullshit that you see on the internet about trans inclusion. That's exactly what she was saying. Word for, like, um, it, again, the stuff that we were talking about at the beginning with like, you, you have morphed into this personality type of just hatred and like, you you just can't hear anything. And it's, <laughs> I was just sitting there like this. I'm like, girl, take a fucking breath. Like the aggression that you feel over a, a scenario that has not ever happened is wild to me. Number one, number two, this is like all coming from hate and like violence against women. So if you're, if you're thinking that this is a disservice to women, but simultaneously creating hostility and violence and aggression towards women, uh, I don't, I can't, anyway, anyway. Well, I was also, it was just going to interject, like uh, we're both absolutely aware that we are angry and we hold a lot of anger towards golf, golf culture, and particularly kind of like the patriarchal (laughs) misogynistic kind of structure that is kind of Mm -hmm. the arbiter of golf or whatever it may be. And like, we get that and our anger isn't, it's frustration. And I know like there, I just wanted to make it clear, like we're just frustrated and we're hurt by a lot of Mm -hmm. the experiences and experiences that we still have within golf culture. And, you know, like it's how, we just need it to change. And it's hard to kind of like approach these conversations without having a lot of emotion behind it. And again, anger and frustration does not equate to canceling or villainizing individuals. Like we're villainizing. If you're going to be racist, I might villainize you actually. If you're going to be a piece of shit, I might villainize you. Well, I I mean like we're villainizing the structure, right? Like, and we, And that is to say, like, I know there are a lot of folks who like when like we were talking about earlier, it's like when there is a a bit of criticism, it it can be taken very personally. And to that, I really want to say that, like, the criticism isn't to insult you. Right. Like it's it's to kind of like lay it out there so that we can work through it so that you can hear our perspectives. Right. Like and be like, the structure is fucked up. Like, how do we change it? How do we how do we in these kind of breaking the aesthetic model of golf, how do we, you know, push that even further? Anyways, I wanted to put that out there because I don't, I don't want folks to, to kind of like think that we are. Yeah. I mean, we are angry Angry for no, we are angry. And I think that, you know, this idea of if you are, if your perspective is challenged, I think it's really important to remember that you should be open uh to learning yeah and that again if you are a racist or a misogynist then then you you really need to learn (laughs) you know like i think there are i i don't think it's always our responsibility i think it's like a sliding scale of taking it upon ourselves when we are in those moments as individuals to educate it's not always your job, but sometimes it really is your job um, to encourage people to try to to change. For me, I'm just, I, you know, the, the other thing I wanted to say about the shop, right, that was actually really positive is that the LPGA um, actually did a little Instagram takeover for the shop, right, which was really fun. And I, it's moments like that where I'm going to get on my high horse, ride that bitch like a fucking rodeo. But it's, it's moments like that that really help depth in the perspective of golf and depth in the actual representation of golf. Deepen. Um, deep, deep. Get that pony deep. So like, so one of the things that I did during this day, so I was asked to do this and I was like, you sure that I'm going to be drinking? You sure that? So I did a Q and a, and I just kind of wanted to like, it was a test. It's always a test, but I, I, I 
asked people like, Hey, what do you know? What do you want to know about women's golf slash myself? And I got, I was pleasantly surprised at the amount of really fucking good questions that I got. And I didn't get any hate. I didn't get any, like, you look, what are you wearing? I didn't get any like questions that, you know, like made me feel really uncomfortable. I think that says a lot. One, I think that says when given the opportunity or when given a platform, people can be receptive to diversity in golf. My, my little fragment of diversity that I can provide for golf, which is tattoos, cursing, and just trying to be myself. That's it. That's all I was really trying to do that day. Curse actively. <laughs> but the point is, is that people are receptive. We see people like our Mari boys. You know, we see like Brad being everywhere. If you think you haven't seen Brad in you a have. golf related thing, you have. And so it's like, while there are still these like huge umbrella, like rain clouds of racism and hatred and greed and things like that. If you, if you have, if you take some time and reflect, and if you take the time to like learn somebody else's past or learn somebody else's perspective, that's how you really change golf. I got questions. One of my girlfriends, again, I'll name names later. I got asked the coolest questions that I've ever been asked. When will a tattooed woman win on the LPGA? And I was like, yes, that's the question that I ask myself all the time. Two, have you ever done mushrooms? I was like, yes, this is what I'm talking about. This is a player in the field. I was like, thank you so much. Monthly. <laughs> Famously, mushrooms don't affect me. That's also oh, because I haven't, I'm on an go. SSRI. And so <laughs> SSRIs interact with your serotonin, uh, you know, receptors. And so do mushrooms. So like there's, anyways, it's been a journey that I've been on. Cause I'm like, I just want to have just, an experience. Like, let my, me. Maya's eating a full chocolate bar and she's like, I don't really feel anything yet. <laughs> no, but I mean like, yeah the, people are more open to things than you think they are and when you come at it as I don't know <laughs> people when you come at it when you come at it uh people can be really really receptive and as mm-hmm. much as we fucking hate the structure of golf like that's just why we want to have conversations like this and also we recognize that hating a structure doesn't mean hating the people in it. It can be, you know, like, it's like saying I hate America because of Donald Trump, right? Like I'm not going to hate every individual person in the United States because of the horrible things Mm -hmm. that this structure is doing. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's like there are good people who want the structure to change but it is so overwhelming that it does feel at a lot of points that like you can't really do anything yeah it's tough out here for hot women just trying to change golf you know it's really hard and do mushrooms um and do mushrooms oh that's the easy part the hard part (laughs) for some people (laughs) okay for some people yeah (laughs) I think that, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I want to, the peeps that are listening, I think it would be really great if you were able to bring somebody who has never played golf before, you should take them to go play golf. If you live in a place like New York City, if you live in like a Philly, someplace like that, maybe take one of your friends of color maybe take one of your it's like when z-way always asks people like how many black friends do you have that's like my favorite question we're just trying to um indoctrinate people into golf this is golf golf grooming golf grooming this is this is is what they warned you about golf grooming it's us (laughs) It's us us. and our anger, frustration into wanting the sport to be more fun and have more people in it. it. God damn it. Anyway, I think, yeah, I, I, hey, you know what? I have to say, I'm really excited to be back. And back 
meaning just right now. If we record again next week and an episode comes out next week, you fuckers are going to be just as excited as you are now. So while um, while we are both excited to be back, who knows? Who knows what the story brings? Um, the I will say the lip out. This is the lip out. Oh no, it lipped out. Your three favorite tattoos. My three favorite tattoos. Okay. Yeah, your top um, your top three favorite. I have a little tiny pear uh, on my arm, mm-hmm. on my wrist mm-hmm. for Genovia, because mm-hmm. I love the print. It's my favorite movie, The Princess Diaries. Um, mm-hmm. and then what is my other favorite tattoo? Um, I have one on my rib cage on my left side. Um, that is the general in Arabish, which is the uh, language in Star Wars. It's like their basic oh written language God. for Carrie Fisher. And then there was this really cool abstract tattoo artist that kind of like built this like line work around it. So that's Sick. another one. Um, and then I really love this. Like I have a Thrishula on my forearm um which is in honor of one of my favorite god hindu gods um durga who was like this badass like queer femme powerful deity um so yeah those are my top three i think yeah sick i have to say my top three in no particular order i really love my lamb that i have all right yeah i have a I have a little lamb on my shin. It's very cute and delicate, just like me. I have uh, the I have on my high right thigh. I have the words "hard bargain" and like this really sick metal font. That's so good. Um, lamb was done by my buddy in Queens. His name's Daniel Strauss. He tattoos out of R and Um. You should go see him. He's wonderful. Um, Hard Bargain was done by, her name's Haley. She tattoos out of, shit, she's in Columbus, Ohio. I saw her when she was at a tattoo shop that was called Enzo's. And then she, yeah, I'll link it in the thing, in the show notes. And then my third favorite tattoo, honestly, is probably Stinky. Yeah, I really enjoy my little stinky. I have a skunk. It's like this, this, the skunk and stinky are like a really traditional, like, you know, traditional, like old style American tattoo. That's a lot of tattoo artists will do a little riff up. That was also done by Daniel. Um, that's the lip out. What are your top tattoos? If y'all, if y'all have any tattoos, you should let us know. And I do want to kind of continue to plug ourselves always and forever, but we have a really fun series that we're going to, that we're, we are working on always, but we will hopefully be recording that in the next couple of weeks. It's fucking cool. It's about women in golf that you didn't know about. There's murder. There's a lot of wins. There's a woman with over 70 professional golf wins that you've probably never fucking heard of. And she would be the third winningest golfer on the PGA tour if you had fucking heard of her. We're going to also have Amanda Core on who runs a ball flower who does like a lot of, you know, like research and conversations Mm -hmm. with women in golf and like is doing like this really cool kind of kind of bringing together and kind of archiving all of this information and and these stories about women in golf. So look out for that. I have to run to this appointment. Um, Maya has to go get fucking pregnant. Well, my my fiance. But I wish that that's like such a funny like. Speaking of the gamer talk, that sounds like a gamer thing to be like. Oh, you got me pregnant. You just played that Call of Duty round so good. Oh. Okay, but I actually do have to run. If you want to close out the episode, <laughs> I will leave. Yeah. Yes. Bye.